all of it was just natural from the gut. Plug the microphone in or plug in the amps and just play.
checking on the job you read about Sunday. There's another man just like you. He's up checking too. Your kids don't have food to eat. You don't have the shoes on your feet. But politicians want you to vote. William Bell on Stax Records. Before that, we had Benny Lattimore and an incredible track, Something About You. And that's uh, some wonderful TK Southern stuff, Mike. Benny Lattimore, uh, of course, just used his uh, surname when he performed, but Lattimore, again, one of those folks who didn't need a lot of fanfare in his home turf down south, or he had to say he was coming and the place was full. Yeah, Let's Straighten It Out was another big hit for him. Yeah, I think I believe he's still going. He's still putting out records. Still um, putting out records, still producing. One of the most dependable acts that you'll ever see. Every time you see him, you know he's going to perform well, just like a lot of the other Southern acts. Because mm. to them, uh, it, again, we, we touched on this earlier, it, it's not so much about them uh, singing for a living as it was. just was just something that they naturally did, something they wanted to do. And... Uh, yeah. Their careers manifested that in the, in the sense that uh, they always gave it their all and it wasn't about a lot of orchestration or anything like that. All of it was just natural from the gut. Plug the microphone in or plug in the amps and just play. Yeah, know? and that's uh, William Bell had the Muscle Shoals uh, sound uh, rhythm section 
and that was a Stax recording. And of course, there is many, many great Stax soul recordings. It was a huge, huge label at its time. There was affiliates like We Produce and Truth Records that Rance Allen was on. Mm -hmm. And it's wonderful, wonderful stuff. And uh, an artist I was mentioning earlier, Sam Dees, who um, just had one record in the mid-70s and then in the late 80s came out with another album on his small pen pad label and a wonderful track from that period after all i mean to me this is modern soul at its best and um mainly only made it as a songwriter he wrote for benny king and zz hill and some of the greats in the southern soul field back in the early 70s really a living legend abroad you know in the uk in japan in places like that it's funny because um this music that's being called soul music this style um very much like the bebop musicians in the 50s they had to go across the water to get recognized even though in their own home country this music would be considered american classical Mm-hmm. yeah no exactly i mean it's uh i think what's going to happen is in years to come people are going to look back and instead of just remembering the Smokey robinson and the aretha respect they're going to look at the bigger picture and realize how vast and rich this uh pure if you will, classic musical form is. It's artists like Sam D's, I believe, are going to get their day.
all of it was just natural from the gut. Plug the microphone in or plug in the amps and just play. Yeah, I know you laugh. You've had your last laugh, though. You laughed a whole lot of times as I walked out the door. So don't worry. <laughs> he be back. See, he's in love and he hung up. But see, God, if he see that you don't want something that's good for you, he takes it away and gives it to somebody else that he feels like can use it. That's why on the day I can say that, oh, I'm through.
if that's not an understatement, I gave everything I have. <laughs> Bobby. Hey, brother's begging, you got to go with it, you know? <laughs> Put it out there. No, incredible. You know, Bobby has been one of my favorites since the early 80s. Um, I just can't get enough of him. He's an amazing vocalist, understanding communication. All the records from the early 70s are phenomenal, Looking mm -hmm. for a Love. And also the great poet records from the early 80s. Very much so. Yeah. Uh, kind of a down-home Donny Hathaway, not to compare the two, but mm. uh, their whole approach was like that. It's like, well, look here, if I feel like I have to prelude this song by talking about what's on my mind, I'm going to do that. that. That's what I liked the most about Bobby Womack. It seemed like whatever he felt was on his mind at the time. It really made you feel like this was one person that you were talking to. And don't want to seem so schlocky as to say, well, yeah, he sounded like just a, a friend or something like that. But he really was that his yeah. down home approach was very much like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You you gain you gain through his music a picture of his world and you become attached to this beautiful vision and soulfulness. And another artist uh, very much in the same boat, which interestingly, Bobby understudied under is uh, Wilson Pickett. And in fact, Bobby uh, played in Sam Cooke's band mm -hmm. and then he also played guitar and co-wrote I'm in Love and tracks for Wilson Pickett. So mm -hmm. he had, I mean, definitive killer kind of uh, training in what he was doing. I would have loved to have been in those sessions here yeah. and we could pick it and Bobby going at it back and forth with the little musical byplay. Yeah. The Mole of Soul actually said to me that uh, in Vancouver he saw the Wicked One playing with Bobby on guitar and I thought, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Wicked in the sense that he definitely was a presence on stage. It wasn't so yeah. much, it wasn't even his voice as much as it was his presence. Yeah. And he really, his perfect screaming. I mean, could anybody ever scream like the Wicked One? That primus soul shout, man. That's money in the bank. Yeah. Know? Okay, well, let's listen to a track from a great record, the Hey Jude album. This is Wilson Pickett. When I first met you, baby. was out in the cold With my suitcase In my hand And no place to go But here's what you've done
Yes, I do. And if I had one sunny day, and if I had someone to chase my blues away. I would be I would be the luckiest man in the whole Just to love me If I only had If I only had Someone I need, I need Somebody Somebody just to hold my hand An almost great summer day here in July, and that was a wonderful, wonderful Teddy track. Mike, wow, what a show, eh? We're really going off today. <laughs> I tell you, two two very dynamic songs by two very dynamic personalities. Wilson yeah. Pickett and Teddy Pendergrass back to back. And uh, just a, a, a quick little aside there. Uh, I don't want to feel like I'm, or I don't want anyone else to feel like I'm really trashing Michael Bolton, but to Michael Bolton and all his fans out there, if you're listening, that is how you're supposed to scream. Yeah. Wilson Pickett, that is how you are supposed to use your voice. That, mm. in classic terms, is called a forte attack. And if you don't think of that as just shouting and screaming, that is what you're hearing. You're hearing the force of air, thought out, planned. It is a musical approach. And mm. in opera, that's no different than Luciano going for the big one when he's singing Nessun Dorma. So... Again, yeah. uh, that shout thing is something that's just as much a part of the musical thing as uh, singing sweetly. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm hearing uh, Back in Your Arms, um, that Wilson Pickett song, I've, ha having heard it a few times and listening to 
how he builds and builds subtly and then comes out with a quivering scream. Like, it's, it's incredible, really. And um, I can see how Bobby Womack, as great as he is, is amazed at how the picket can do that, you know? I mean, it's just one of his things. I mean, Bobby has his own little intricacies and uh, what he's great at, but the Wicked One will always be known, you know, for that restrained excitement. He know? coined the term, soul shouter. I mean, you, you, you shouting, yeah, it, it may be a term to shout as far as it, it being used in the song, but it is just as much a part of music as being able to sing sweetly or, 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 or sing with any other kind of emotion. You're listening to African Rhythms. We've got about another hour of the show left. Mike Ingram's a special guest, and it's an all-soul edition.
sounding like certainly something from the mid 70s and I mean doesn't that give you faith Mike um, you know only being from seven years ago that there are people such as Blaze and um, you know some beautiful music out there and it just gives me faith and hope for the future that all this music what was happening in the mid 70s is going to come around again very know? much so i mean uh, that's a, a 1990 track by blaze and they went right back and did their homework and went mm. back to the formula that was successful in the middle 70s the arrangement of falsetto yeah. you know with the tenor there a three-man group but uh they stuck within the rules and it works yeah no, i mean the way they're Save the children, you know, the way that they're uh, they're putting in that um, Marvin touches and stuff, mm -hmm. but not really like stealing. It's like they're paying tributes, but they're looking towards the future of socially conscious music and its importance. Um, having that kind of music in the mainstream, all the inspiration and joy that it brings, you know, and uh, that kind of music being popular. Testament you know? to hard work and, and, and good thoughts by those in the front and back of the microphone there. Yeah. Come live 
from the great Marvin Gaye, I Want You album. And that was originally a Leon Ware record. Leon Ware, a singer, songwriter, arranger. Nice little mystery guest in that song that we just heard too, David, the young lady who is doing the ooing and eyeing and giving us the eargasm back there. That person is now the CEO of Motown uh, Special Projects, Suzanne DePass. Interesting, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, Leon Ware. One of my favorite artists, but um, never somebody that really got any of the recognition. He's had recent records out on Expansion's soul label. They have their own record shop and label, and they're doing it over in England. He actually made a, a new version of that song, Come Live With Me, Angel. And next, we're going to play Leon Ware. It's a track that he made 
on the West Coast, went out and recorded it, and it sounds uncannily like Marvin Gaye, why I came to California.
wonderful track for a summer evening, and that is Leon Ware, Why I Came to California, a wonderful track from the 70s on Electra Records. And Mike, you were saying to me while we were off the mic there that back in the 70s, some of the wonderful stations that were happening back then in New York and Chicago and other places, uh, they would play whole albums and get people to call in. Oh, no doubt, yes. Yeah. It was a, a very exciting time in the middle, late 70s, early 80s in, in New York area radio because uh, they realized they had to expand their format and give folks something different. There was great competition going on between the local stations as far as the rock and roll format and, and what what eventually became uh, urban contemporary, what was labeled that, which really yeah. basically meant what we just heard. And um, what stations were doing, they would play entire albums one in particular um, back in New York talking about WBLS and uh, WRKS which was nicknamed KISS and I think there are a chain of stations with that yeah moniker. many have taken that name <laughs> exactly but what they did was they would have these segments uh, sometimes early in the morning it was called bonus hours where for three hours they would take four or five albums uh, they would say who the albums were by and they would alternate tracks all through the three hours they would play almost the entire albums of all of the aforementioned uh, artists and at the end of the three hours, they would backtrack and say, this is so-and-so, this is so-and-so. And it really opened the market up for a lot of the uh, listeners out there, especially the black listeners. And it made uh, a lot more of a healthier financial situation for a lot of the black uh, groups yeah. and bands as well. Well, I think the cool thing with that is, I mean, it still goes on today where people, you know, request things a lot and then they get playlisted. But the cool thing with that is by playing like whole albums, you're going to get some more interesting tracks ended up being played on the radio because um, the educated listeners out there are going to listen and um, decide, well, this track's really a really killer track. And uh, suddenly, like that Dells versus Dramatics that we heard earlier on, mm -hmm. um, where there's some really left-field tracks, very deep tracks, that probably would have never been released as singles. But because you're playing the whole albums, people are getting a chance to get into their own tracks exactly. and uh, you know I believe in you know that kind of a vision you know of making music available people getting in on judging what's good and bad instead of leaving it to critics and best of ja exactly. jazz books and best of soul the consumer is always the best critic because their dollars say what they like and what they don't like and I, and I like the fact that uh, whether it was by accident or design they continued the format and it really opened things up for a lot of artists yeah, now here's a great example of an early 70s record, early 70s record, Leroy Hudson, somebody who would have been more known in the black musical scene and not really a crossover, shall we say, artist, although he did write, co-write The Ghetto with sure Donny Hathaway. Sure so that's sort of his uh, claim to fame. Mm -hmm. uh, Ex-Impression? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Ex he, he was in the Impressions uh, after Curtis left, I believe. After Curtis left. Yeah, in the early 70s, and he was on Curtis's label, Curtum, and his mm -hmm. first record... Hudson One has such great tracks as his version of Lucky Fellow, which later became an acid jazz tune, and also this track, which got sampled by Galliano. Check it out.
Mike, you know, um, someone could put a version of that out today, and I'm, I'm sure it would do well with such a, a great arrangement, melody, you know, timeless music. All the elements for a hit is all right there in that particular song. Uh, yeah. Leroy Hudson, a very underrated performer and arranger. Yeah, you know, I mean, his he hasn't really, in North America, even had one of his records reissued. I mean, he's got a few good ones, Closer to the Source, Hudson's 1 and 2, mm-hmm. the one with the ghetto a great artist and we're going to get now back into the Isley Brothers just uh, to contrast I mean there was 3 plus 3 and there was the earliest stuff that we heard but this 
definitely one of my all-time favorite songs, Harvest for the World. We you talked know? earlier about that three or four years time span where the Isleys could do no wrong musically. Yeah. And, and this is the Isleys at their best. This was powerful stuff. Yeah, it's beautiful. Harvest for the World on African Rhythms.
at this moment, sleep escapes me. your lovely smile, a smile so silent, yet saying more than a thousand words could say, has time changed the seasoning of your heart, for the flavors of my mind? Don't leave me. That made us once. 
And I'd like to send that one out to a beautiful woman, Sarah. New York is in the house. I tell you, Black Ivory, who we just heard there, New York group, Leroy Burgess, lead singer, Stu Bascom, kid who I ended up playing basketball with, for Christ's sakes. Uh, <laughs> beautiful tenor voice. Uh, they were from Harlem and the South Bronx, respectively. They were a local group that had a lot of local hits. They didn't have the opportunity to, to expand and get bigger, but uh, about... Oh, a good five, six years after they recorded that particular song, Wishful Thinking, they hit their only disco stride with Mainline. And yeah, the I mean, they were they, they were, and certainly an integral part of the disco scene, shall we say. Did very well. Leroy Burgess, we were just talking in the break about um, all the different things he did on the pseudonames and stuff. And then Patrick Adams, their producer, uh, a very instrumental figure and a highly revered underground figure in dance music. Mm -hmm. Patrick, a well-thought-out musician and arranger. He wasn't the person who uh, would play behind the scenes or anything like that, but he was a very clever man in that he tried to get the maximum use that he could out of the studio if he had them if he had been the type of person who had had long green behind him uh, mm. a lot of people would find out about patrick adams and and think of him in the same way we think of bigger producers like uh, uh gamble, Terry and lewis, huff and gamble and huff yeah. uh, lewis and uh, jimmy jam i mean he would have been that he would have blew up that large yeah he would have been a, he would have been revered and uh, paid if he'd been given the exposure, but he remained underground like many other soul producers and artists and labels. And I hope uh, this evening that um, we've given you some insight into the wide world of soul music. My name's David Love Jones. Uh, Mike Ingram's been our special guest, and we've got time for to just quickly focus on the dance scene, and we're going to play. We talk a little bit about Cool and the Gang, and then we're going to get into uh, the Philly International mix kind of thing. And uh, you know, these are things that we'll be able to. I'm certainly going to have Mike back that we'll be able to expand on in future shows. Let's just start with this uh, Cool and the Gang. These guys were supremely confident, all jazz and classically trained musicians. Uh, Robert Bell, who was Cool, the youngest of the group, uh, bass player. These guys were laying out signature riffs that every band in that era was trying to copy and when we said cool in the gang um, all those out there listening don't think about ladies night and 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 celebration this was the real cool in the gang that you're about to hear when these guys first came out they were about to blow up large if they had had a uh, uh, the proper guiding hand to push their music to the next level what yeah. they did with what we really would call quintessential acid jazz because it's jazz influence strong strong horns and riffs of that ilk and still the basic uh, rhythm track where you got the combination of the two they were bridging the gap between rhythm and blues and what we now call soul yeah i mean you want a bad funk record a badass funk record of the highest caliber cool in the gang indeed <laughs> Let's breathe, take your time 
Joel and the gang laying down a murderous funk groove. And thank you, Mike, for a wonderful show. We're going to play our last track, which is going to be an interesting mix of Love is the Message, MFSB, and Martin Luther King. And uh, Mike tells me back in the day that this is what uh, was happening on the radio. This was another extension of the expanded format of radio. Radio were uh, taking all kinds of chances, and it was really exciting. Like I was stating earlier, you had, uh, during the noon hour, on lunchtime, a lot of the radio stations would get DJs in and they would spin their own stuff. They would do a lot of disco mixing and remixing of songs and it made radio exciting, especially on days when it was inclement and you didn't want to go out. But uh, this particular mix of Love is the Message and Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech uh, is powerful stuff. And when yeah. it was first done, it became a signature hit not on the radio, but also in the clubs as well. Yeah, no, it's a beautiful mix and somehow they just seem uh, made for each other, even though they're not really synced as it will. Martin Luther's voice just seems to flow and flow and that beautiful Philly groove Love is the Message, one of the finest dance tracks that really you're ever going to hear. Without a doubt it is yeah. truly an anthem. Yeah and thank you so much Mike for coming back on the show. David, thank you for having me. Whether you're passing the peas in Pit Meadows or cooking catfish in Kitsilano or tasting toe jam in Tawasin, if you want to know where the soul trees grow, the roots of all that encompasses it can be found right here on African Rhythms. Yeah, no, we've had another wonderful show. This has been the all-soul edition of African Rhythms. Until next time, I'll be back in two weeks. Peace and love.
sweltering with the heat of injustice, sweltering with the heat of oppression, be transformed into an oasis of freedom and justice. I have a dream. My poor little children one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin but by the content of their character. I have a dream today. I have a dream that one day down in Alabama with its vicious racist, with its governor having his lips dripping with the words of interposition and nullification. One day right there in Alabama, little black boys and black girls will be able to join hands with little white boys and white girls as sisters and brothers. I have a dream today. I have a dream that one day every valley shall be exalted. Every hill and mountain shall be made low, the rough places will be made plain, and the crooked places will be made straight, and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. This is our hope. This is the faith that I go back to the South with. With this faith, we will be able to hew out of the mountain of despair a stone of hope. With this faith, we will be able to transform the jangling discords of our nation into a beautiful symphony of brotherhood. With this faith, we will be able to work together, to pray together, to struggle together, to go to jail together, to stand up for freedom together, knowing that we will be free one day. This will be the day. This will be the day with all of God's children able to sing with new meaning my country tears of me. Sweet land of liberty of me I sing. Land where my fathers died, land of the pilgrims died. From every mountainside, let freedom ring. And if America is to be a great nation, this must become true. So let freedom ring. From the prodigious hilltops of New Hampshire, let freedom ring. From the mighty mountains of New York, let freedom ring from the heightening Alleghenies of Pennsylvania. Let freedom ring from the snow-capped rockies of Colorado. Let freedom ring from the deserts of slopes of California. But not only that, let freedom ring from Stone Mountain of Georgia. Let freedom ring from Lookout Mountain of Tennessee. Let freedom ring from every hill and mole hill of Mississippi, from every mountainside. Let freedom ring and when this happens, when we let it ring from every village and every hamlet, from every state and every city, we will be able to speed up that day when all of us Black men and white men, Jews and Gentiles, Protestants and Catholics will be able to join hands and sing in the words of the old Negro spiritual. Free at last, free at last.